want something more than just physical. It's been a while since you met someone original. Word. You spend your time drinking wine in your living room. All that good pussy can't find the one to give it to. All right. Hello. Hi, friends. Welcome to uh, another episode of You Don't Know. It's a podcast about wine and bullshit. Uh, I'm Renee. And I'm Don. And today we're going to continue our discussion about sight, uh, wine sight, what you're supposed to be looking for. Uh, I did a little bit more research on um, the things that confused me the last time that we talked. Um, but all of the notes that I took were, were on red wine and I'm drinking an orange wine. So we'll see mm. how this goes. <laughs> I mean, I'm drinking red right now. So, it's so maybe fine. it'll help you. Okay. So remember what we're going to look for is uh, first we're going to look for clarity. So we're going to be looking for either clear, hazy, or turbid. So you're going to hold your wine glass up and you're going to take a look and you're going to be like, is this clear, hazy, or turbid? Turbid. Mine's very cloudy. Okay. I would call mine, uh, I would call mine hazy. Um, Actually, I would probably just say like mine's more clear. Mine's clear. Um, and then concentration, we're going to say pale, medium, or deep. So that's when we're starting to look at like the color concentration, right? Mine's going to be on the pale side. Mine's definitely deep. Okay. Now we're going to talk about color. Um, so I don't really know what to talk about when it comes to color between a white and a red, because if you remember like orange wines are like normal grape varietals that maybe have had some skin contact. I think mine is a blend. Um, but anyway, so white, you're going to be looking for like water, white, water, white, straw, yellow, gold for reds. You're going to be looking for colors like purple, ruby, red, garnet. Um, so I would say that mine is actually like a pinkish color. It's an orange wine. So it does have some white tinge kind of straw pink kind of color. Mm, Uh, What's yours? Mine's more on the purple side, I guess, when you look at the rim, Mm -hmm. but it's a deep, deep ruby if you're looking, like, at the body, at, like, uh... So tell me what, like, the core color is. So if you were to look right in the middle, what was the, what would the color be? It's like a deep, deep red, like... Deep red. Yes, ruby, yeah. Now, the secondary color is when you start looking towards the outer edges of the of the wine. So what color is the secondary color that you see? Yeah, that's where I kind of see. No, like... no, don't don't tilt it. Just look at it straight ahead. Mm-hmm. There you go. Is there a secondary color that you notice? Or yes, is it just purple? Something? Purple. OK, good. That means something. Um, so mine is pretty consistent throughout. I would say its primary color is the orange color and the secondary color would be the pink. Mm. Um, all right. So now when we get into rim variation, that's why I told you to hold it straight. That's when you're going to tilt your wine glass so that you can actually see um, if you if you see how I'm holding it like this, mm-hmm. you actually want to tilt it a little bit like in front of you mm-hmm. yeah. so that you can see. Um, you're basically trying to spread the wine out as much as possible so that you can look and see if the color stays consistent from the center out to the rim. Remember last mm. time I was confused, I was like, what the fuck does this mean, this rim variation? So what you're trying to do is you're looking for a difference in color from the core to uh, the outer rim. Now, Okay, yeah. 
Yeah, what's really cool is that older wine is going to have more of a variation, whereas mm. younger wine is going to um, only really change sort of at the edge. You'll only get like a change in color at the edge of, of the wine. So yeah, mine's 2017, um, and it literally doesn't change. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Mine, How about yours? Mine is like really clear, so it 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 like the there's no color variation. I think the density obviously just changes, so that gives it a little bit of variation. But um, no, mine mine doesn't vary too much. Yeah. So let's say if like we had a circle, right? Mm-hmm. And if the circle is a hundred percent full, then it's a hundred percent one color. I would say mine. I would say 80 or actually 95% is just one cool. color. but once So you that would to, indicate a younger wine. Yeah. Once you start getting to the edge, it starts to go more on the purple side. Mm-hmm. And that's when you actually look for that sort of like um, color on the edge. Um, what's really interesting is that more acidic or um, like uh, low pH wines tend to have more of like a cherry red. So you can kind of like sometimes see that on the outer edge where um, higher pH will have more of like purples and blues. Mm. That's another way that you can sort of like tell what the pH um, or like acidic levels of a wine are. I'm learning Mm. so much just from color, (laughs) right? (laughs) So typically what you, when you're doing that, when you're like tilting the wine and then you're lifting it back up, that's when you start to see the staining. So that's when you start looking at the tearing and the staining. Mm. Um, So that's the next step in sort of like the, what you're looking at when you're looking at the wine. So the staining is if there's any color left behind on sort of the rim when you tilt it and then look at it. And then um, the tearing is sort of like that syrupy sort of look. And the syrupy sort of just indicates the sweeter, um, the sweeter wines uh, and the, the alcohol levels, remember. Mm. Um, so when you're looking at um, the tearing or the, the staining rather, um, I thought I took a note but I guess I didn't. So that actually, the, the color that's left behind, it tells you something about the wine and I'll just have to freaking remember to write that down next time. And I'll talk about it next time. Mm-hmm. But um, the last thing is the gas evidence. So that's when you're looking for just like bubbles. So I do have some gas evidence. I do have some bubbles yeah, in here. When I first poured it, I had kind of all kinds of them and now they've kind of dissipated because it's been sitting for a little bit. Um. But yeah, you have a little bit of gas evidence as well. Yeah, a little bit, but it's very few. Yeah, yeah. Mine is like, if I swirl it. I can probably count the bubbles. (laughs) Yeah, if I swirl it, there's slightly. So it's probably not really anything that would be notable. Yeah. Um, You would would think of uh, gas evidence in being more of like a pet mat or like a champagne. Yeah. Cool. So... That, again, is sight. Hopefully, you've learned a little bit more about what you should be um, looking for uh, yeah, when you're looking the, at wine. The technique of, like, looking at the color and looking at the different shades. Mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. I see it. Yeah, and varietals actually have very distinct colors, which is really interesting. Once you start learning the colors of the different varietals, that's actually really useful in um, when you're doing blind tasting. 
And that's, mm-hmm. that's remember, like, I'm, I was so inspired when you were like uncorked, when he was just like this, 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 this. And he used like all these different mm-hmm. clues and then like made his assessment. Yeah. So the more that we pay attention to the color in the very beginning, the better we'll be at just looking at it and then making some sort of like prediction. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And then we'll get better at like the nose and all that other stuff. So I only mm-hmm. want to focus on sight uh, for just these, the previous one and then this episode, and then we'll get into some of the other the other parts i'm down cool um so now that we've done that let me just tell you which wine i'm drinking um it is a candelia tonio by alex craighead wines which is out of australia the region is um nelson this is another um percy selection Mm -hmm. Uh, i think i'm just gonna start buying their wines for a while (laughs) because they don't let me down (laughs) um It is a blend. It is an orange wine, but it is a blend. So it's Gewürztraminer, Gewürztraminer, Pinot Gris, and a Riesling. So I would assume that this would have like some sweetness to it. Um, it was uh, 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 aged in a clay pot, which is which is um, nice. That means that it's mm-hmm. not going to have like some of those. Um, things that you get from like an oak barrel. So I would, I would assume that it would have like a much of a cleaner taste. So I'm going to give it a, I haven't tasted it yet. So I'm going to give it a try. Oh, shit. (laughs) Oh, snap. Yeah. See, I have a grilled cheese in the fridge that I ordered from earlier. And I might. (laughs) I think this would really go really well with my grilled cheese sandwich. (laughs) Oh my God. That's hilarious. Yeah. It's like clean. It's honestly, it's got a slight funk to it, which I kind of like. But, uh, yeah, it's tasty. It's got a little bit of, um, yeah, it's, um, it's got a little bit of tannin to it, just like Mm -hmm. slight, slightly, ever so slightly, but just enough that I notice it. Mm. Anyway, what's, what's yours? So I'm drinking my tried and true ganache. Um, it is, I didn't practice this before, but it's, it is Mm -hmm. naturalize Savology. <laughs> <laughs> it's a That's it's a 2017 varietal? wine. Um, it's a 2017 wine out of Spain. Um, it's a like I said before a ganache. Uh, so definitely has the spiciness. Has the smoky flavor that I really like. Um, like that gunpowdery flavor. <laughs> Even though that sounds unappealing, like for me, I just love the smell of it. But um, so the smell is more, it's kind of more fruity and similar to like other ganaches that we've had. It kind of throws you off guard because it smells fruity, but when you taste it, it has a deep earth gunpowder and spice tone to it. Um, but yeah, uh, it's amazing. Uh, and so I was eating it or drinking it um, with red meat. So we had burgers or whatever um, uh, for dinner. And so it fit perfectly with that. Did so, you order the burgers or did you make them? No, Chris had uh, blue apron. So he cooked it. Yours truly. <laughs> but yeah, so far... Um, it's good. Uh, at first, it was just all right once you first opened it. 
and we had our first pour, but as the night goes on, it's been amazing. <laughs> nice. I'm glad. Yeah, he mentioned it in our group chat that you did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was like, Renee and Donald have leveled up. Donald brought home a great one. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Great. All right, so let's get into topics. I'm ready. Topics. So, similar to what we, or I guess where we left off last episode, on episode 40, we kind of left it off on, we wanted to talk about conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. Now, with any, with anything that goes on that's a huge event, whether it's like 9-11, or like the ice ice caps melting in the Atlantic, there's always like a group of people that deny the existence uh, despite evidence. And so what I wanted to talk about is the 5G conspiracy with this um, <laughs> pandemic that's currently going on. Okay. So let's first, I should probably explain what 5G is. A 5G is like a telecommunication technology. Similar to, like, if you turn off Wi-Fi on your phone and you still have signal because you're getting LTE and your carrier, which is mainly AT&T, Sprint, T-Mobile, they're mainly transmitting signals over 4G, uh, which is a technology that came out, I don't know when. But basically, it's 5G is just like a level up from uh, 4G, which it's pretty much a 10 times um, greater signal, or not signal, it's 10 times more throughput. So you can receive more data uh, if you're on 5G. Uh, I think on average, it's like 10 times greater. Um... Let's see. So right now, uh, most phones are running on 4G, but they're currently rolling out uh, throughout all countries. They're currently rolling out 5G, mainly starting out with China and U.S. So you kind of see where this is going. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And so the conspiracy basically is, uh, is China is mainly the birthplace of where 5G rolled out first. Uh, along with uh, the breakout country, or I guess the pandemic city uh, of Wuhan. Wuhan is one of the cities that rolled out 5G first. And so the conspiracy is, is that 5G is, it's not the cause of the pandemic, but it's aiding in the spreading of the pandemic. You get that? So it didn't cause the pandemic, but it's aiding somehow through uh, its technology and how much data it can transmit it's aiding in like radiation spread of the pandemic. So wherever 5G towers are, they're more likely uh, to have a higher density of people that have COVID-19. Uh, so that's pretty much the conspiracy. Um, are you following me? Yes. Yeah, did you snopes this? I mean, did you fact check it? <laughs> well, I, I'll kind of get to that. So. <laughs> first of all let's let's put this out there i don't believe in this one bit so. <laughs> okay. it is fascinating let's yeah it is so the radiation let me just make sure that i understand what's going mm-hmm. on or what you're telling me 
the radiation caused by the 5G bandwidth mm-hmm. is causing the spread of the coronavirus. Like the coronavirus started in Wuhan where 5G also started and corona was like, oh shit, let me jump on this frequency. <laughs> let me get on this bandwidth and people are building this shit everywhere. So if I just follow the 5G, then I can just like infect the people. Is that yes, it, the theory? It, yes, that's the theory. And let me just point this out. So it's a smart virus. It's a virus with a brain, which viruses typically don't have. But well, I, I would say I, that I think people that are it's a smart virus that's hopping on Wi-Fi signals <laughs> and like going to different people. But it's uh, they think it's similar to the sun, right? Radiation, too much sun is a no-go, right? Like you should never like just sunbathe for 12 hours a day, right? Because that causes cancer. And so I think a lot of people are thinking that these 5G towers are also the sun and like too much 5G radiation will cause not cancer, but COVID-19. Gotcha. Got it. Yeah. Great. So (laughs) where was I going with this? Um, So the counterpoint to this I guess uh, I'll kind of get into like why I think this is a conspiracy that's trying to hide another conspiracy. I'll save that for the end. That's that's that's, the, <laughs> that's and that conspiracy I actually believe in. So the 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 meta conspiracy, um, but this conspiracy I think it's false. But anyways, yeah, people are saying that these five G towers are the sun. They generate too much radiation, which uh, is false because there's been a lot of testing done. You know, there's there's radiation devices that you can use to be like, hey, is there radiation in this area? And when you point it at a 5G tower, uh, there's no radiation. But what people are getting freaked out is there's all these videos of people using like a signal strength um, meter which looks very similar to a radiation meter and basically what it does is like what's in the name it measures signal strength right so like let's say if you're outside and you have your phone um you get four bars if you go inside or like in a parking garage you get two bars right that's a signal meter that's what it's kind of uh, kind of measuring and so people are like comparing uh the signal strength like hey look wuhan has insane signal strength for 5g networks um but that doesn't correlate to like radiation or like the spread of covid19 um and so that's completely like out of whack um uh have you seen um what is it called chernobyl by chance? No. I like made okay. a point not to watch it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everybody was just like jerking off to it or whatever. And so I was like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I just, I felt like being the, the one dickhead who didn't watch it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, you don't really need to watch it, but basically. I know what happened. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, I, <laughs> I didn't need, I felt like I didn't need to watch it because I knew the end. You know, it was just like people were like, 
I, it's sometimes it makes me feel old and I'm not that much older than most of my friends. And sometimes I'm just like, what's going on that you didn't even know that this was like a thing that happened when people like, can you believe it? Can you even imagine? It was like, yeah, I was alive when it happened. Like I remember. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, why well, I gotta watch this? I remember it on the news. Yeah. I mean, it's similar to Titanic. Like I liked the, like, I knew the ending of Titanic, you know? Yeah, 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 I guess you're right, I guess you're right, I'm just being a dick. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just being, like, I'm being one of those people who's, like, I'm too cool to watch it, you know, like, that's, that's, that's what, that's the stance I'm taking, which is, like, ridiculous, I should But then again, you're not missing anything if you don't watch it. But anyways, anywho, um, so people are comparing the radiation meters to the signal strength meters, which is just bizarre to me. Um, But yeah, so there's the counterpoint of like, yes, Wuhan was uh, one of the first cities to roll this out, but so was Shenzhen and so was um, Hong Kong. Um, They were also first to roll this out simultaneously with, um, uh, with Wuhan. Another thing is currently the cities that don't have or the countries that don't have 5G are Italy and Iran, and they have a huge outbreak of COVID-19. So, like, what's the what's the reasoning Uh, for that? So it's like very cherry picky. It's like, oh, don't don't worry about that. It's it's China. Yeah. So uh, leading the pack. And 5G is U.S. and China. That's where you see the most um, 5G towers and stuff. And um, yeah, that's that's pretty much the whole conspiracy. Uh, it doesn't really hold up when you look at the grand scheme of things. But there's another thing that I want to kind of go over. So do you have anything to add <laughs> before yeah, I, I do. Blow your freaking mind. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So first I want to talk about a couple of conspiracies that I've already heard of. And then I'll talk about some of the ones that are just my own, you know, just my theories, my hypotheses, if you will. Um, And then you can, you can wrap it by blowing my mind. (laughs) So one of the things that I heard really on is that it was a conspiracy to like take down Iran or Iran. So, Everyone in like the Iran, like Iran's top officials all got it. All of them. Mm -hmm. Like they all got sick. And so there was like this theory that it was like either the US government or it was like, you know, some sort of like conspiracy to like fuck with Iran and like gas and like disrupt the Middle East or whatever. And you notice like gas did actually drop. Like gas prices, not just gas prices, but the um, cost of oil did actually drop, like right mm-hmm. before this happened. Yep. Um, so that was one conspiracy theory that I thought was really interesting. Um, and then what was the other one? Oh, that it was like that. <laughs> this is like some sort of like anti-capitalist, uh, like pro-socialist conspiracy, like. Let's just make the world sick and shut down, like, capitalism um, and, like, mm. turn people towards more, like, socialist ideals, like, um, government spending for, you know, like, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, 
not the stimulus. I mean, it is under under the under the guise of a stimulus, <laughs> but just like compulsory income, basically for people mm-hmm. that can't work. Um, and like a lot more people are talking about like socialist healthcare and all this kind of stuff. And um, I thought that was an interesting theory. Um, and then uh, a couple theories of my own. One is I think that um, number 45 is tired of being president. And so he conspired with China to create this virus so that um, he doesn't win next election because the American people are so terrible. They were likely to, uh, <laughs> you know, put him in again. And he was like, how can I get out? I like that theory. He's like, we can do a few things. <laughs> we can kill off the olds that are clearly voting me in. <laughs> And, <laughs> and uh, this might make I, me like can, the 45 more. Like, uh, <laughs> I applaud this huge, like, uh, don't get me wrong, like, the lives lost, you can't, like, this is all just for fun. But I, if this is true and he thought of this, this was his game plan. Yeah. It is insane, but in a funny way. Theory. No one's mentioned this to me, but I truly think that this is like, he's like, either he, if he didn't start it, then he saw an opportunity. He was like, oh shit, I have an opportunity to either A, shut down this pandemic and look like a hero, which is totally making my dick hard. Or B, I could keep a hard dick, lose <laughs> the presidency, and then start fucking people again because I've been unable to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, he he's like so limited. People are watching everything that he does. He wants to pull his dick out all the time and nobody's mm-hmm. letting him. He just wants to live his life. And I feel like he just seized an opportunity. He was like, I cannot wait to just like not be reelected. I didn't think that I was gonna get re I didn't think I was gonna get elected to begin with. This has sucked really bad, and I'm ready to leave this. Um that makes me wonder, like, if you get elected into presidency, it might be a thing that you lose power and not gain it, depending on who you are. So I'm guessing Trump had a lot of power and a lot of, like, freedom to do what he wanted. But now that he's president, he doesn't have as much power as he thought he would have. Also, he doesn't have as much freedom as he thought he would. Yeah, like it's yeah. I think he's yeah. I don't. I don't even fucking know. But I just. (laughs) I feel like he wants out, and this is his ticket, and he's taking advantage of it. Um, another thing that I heard when this was first starting. So this isn't my own theory, but another theory that I heard was that this was created in a lab and then released. Um. So I don't know if you heard that, but. That's already sort of like that. Release on purpose or accident? On accident. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. That's yeah. the most likely thing. Um, it was a, it was already history. disproven though. It just like Wuhan just happens to have like these type of facilities. Just like I think the CDC's headquarters are in Atlanta. Like if there was an outbreak in Atlanta, people would correlate the two. Correlation doesn't necessarily mean causation, isn't that like how that saying goes? Mm-hmm. So yeah. So anyway. Blow my mind. So, well, okay. So, 
for well, before I get into this conspiracy theory, I think the reason why, or at least uh, the non-conspiracy version of why this is a thing, is because of China's unregulated uh, black market. Right? Is because they kill animals uh, and sell it in Wuhan. Um, and these are like exotic animals. So if you wanted bat meat or tiger meat, like you would go to Wuhan and get it. And this is an unregulated market. Uh, and so I think that's why this is where, or at least that's the most uh, likelihood of why this uh, why this spread. Because it went from, I think they were, I've got what animal they said it came from. But it transferred from an animal to human, and then one human spread it to many humans. Yeah, bad or something. Anyways, we go back to the conspiracy theory. And this is all being started by China, actually. Um, so do you know what Area 51 is, right? Like, yeah. Area 51? It's so I think we even Area talked 51, about it on the podcast when there was the Area 51, like Storm Area 51. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Storm Area 51. So Area 51 plays a good part in conspiracy theories about holding alien life forms and alien aircrafts. In my opinion, I think it's just a front for uh, people to look in one direction, right? It's like, hey, look at Area 51, you know? Make sure all your attention is here and not uh, somewhere else, basically. So I think uh, it's how you do magic, chi- right? You like hold someone's attention, you, like snap your fingers, yeah, and then you like um, do another thing, right? Yeah. Uh, I forgot the exact quote that they used in um, what's that movie? Fuck it, who cares? Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's that movie? I've been drinking. Magic? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> The movie with the magic and Tesla, he teleports people, uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. The lady and those two guys. Yeah. Mm. Just two guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, I think this, my first conspiracy that I talked about is being spread by the Chinese government to cover up uh, the real conspiracy, which is... 5G technology and the Chinese government is building a backdoor into 5G and hoping that their 5G technology takes over uh, or becomes the standard, basically. Um, so um, it's basically like a a um, similar to like a magic trick. You're saying, hey, look over here and look at this uh, one conspiracy theory that's saying uh covid uh that 5g towers are spreading covid 19 when in reality um they're building uh like a backdoor to all of their 5g towers and uh if you don't know about the chinese government it's very uh i would say opposite of kind of the u.s just pause before you start telling me about how the chinese government uh watches all of their people Yes. What do you mean? Like, what is the distraction? And then what is the thing? Like, what do you mean they're trying to build a back door? So the distraction is the conspiracy or the distraction is the virus in itself? The distraction is the conspiracy that 
uh, 5G towers are spreading COVID-19. Okay, so that's when the distraction. In, yeah. When in reality, the 5Gs aren't spreading the virus, but they are being used to monitor citizens. Okay. Yes. So what they're saying is 5G. So if they didn't have this, then we would, if they, if they didn't have this sort of like distraction, we would be focused on the fact that they are they are building out the 5G network so that they can monitor the world. Yes, correct. The users of 5G across the world. Yeah, only the users of 5G. Yep. Because they invented 5G? They're trying to make their version of 5G the standard. So 5G technology, it's a group of three other technologies, which I cannot name because I am already three glasses deep (laughs) (laughs) but basically 5g is a standard uh which uses three other technologies uh but basically everyone has their own implementation of this and what's what's sketchy about it is it's all closed source like none of this is open source on um on how the data gets transmitted from the chip that your phone has to the cell tower do we have our own version yes us has their own version of 5g that they're also trying to roll out, but it's a race to the finish line because uh, the cellular um, the cellular carriers are only going to go with the cheapest, fastest, easiest to set up implementation. So the U.S. companies and China companies are racing to be like, hey, we have the cheapest, we have the fastest, and it's easy to set up here. Here's the technology. Here's the 5G tower. Um, and but so, that, But having a conspiracy only distracts the people. It doesn't distract the government. It doesn't distract, like, these companies from understanding what's real. You know? No, like The Chinese the, government the, the is... The wireless gonna... carriers that you're talking about are... Mm-hmm. Like AT&T is an American company, mm-hmm. Verizon is not, and neither is T-Mobile. And T-Mobile just brought, bought Sprint. I think mm-hmm. both Verizon and T-Mobile are German. I have no idea. T-Mobile, I know, is owned, is owned by Deutsche Telekom, which is in Germany. Verizon is owned by Vodafone, which I believe is also in Germany. Those are two mm-hmm. European companies. And I'm pretty sure AT&T is an American company. So I could see AT&T being influenced by the American government, but I don't know about the other two. There's nothing, there's nothing that doesn't stop the government from stepping in and regulating that though. You do understand that the bandwidths are regulated by the government. And when, when a, when a wireless company is actually purchasing bandwidth, like, 5g or 4g or lte or like whatever bandwidth they are purchasing they're purchasing that bandwidth that is being released by the government like that is not you're purchasing air those companies are purchasing air and then when they Mm -hmm. only get so many they're only allowed to like purchase so much and then build out that's why Mm -hmm. they have roaming agreements and things like that with other companies So there is nothing stopping that regulation from happening on a government level. So even if China becomes the standard, the United States can still have its own standard. 
Oh, yeah, for sure. And the U.S. has already uh, banned uh, Huawei phones, uh, which is a Chinese yeah. company that is uh, kind of known for just like, oh, you want any data on any Huawei user? Sure, here it goes. Um, so, yeah, that might happen to the U.S., but I think it is like just because it won't happen to the U.S. doesn't mean that Italy, which is a much... Um, I wouldn't say poor country by any means, but like when it when you compare the U.S. and China to Italy, it definitely ranks lower in, um, I guess, uh, just GDP or whatever. But um, there's nothing saying that like China won't convince Italy to roll this out to their citizens. Gotcha. And then all of a sudden, oh, China has a that's uh italian citizen that's using uh 5g um so yeah i don't know it's a that conspiracy i do believe in because i do believe china does spy on their citizens well yeah um, i mean that's they don't try to hide it yeah yeah for sure, for sure. <laughs> it's not like they're like no we don't spy they're like yeah we have access to everything we will regulate mm-hmm you know, like they're not, it's at least they're not pretending. This is the thing to, to, we have a lot of like, um, judgments when it comes to corruption in other countries and to sit here and think that we are not at any point in the United States, um, vulnerable to someone listening in or monitoring our actions um, you know, our transactions, our video, our audio, like any of that kind of stuff, um, mm. is really naive. Like at least China oh, yeah, is up sure. with it. The United States is like, oh no, you know, we've got the Patriot Act, not unless there's cause, you know, but we're gonna but the Patriot Act took away like a lot of the due process that's required in order to do that type of surveillance and monitoring. So like as long as we just think that we should, then we're able to, you know. Um mm-hmm. and it's all just sort of like swept under the rug. Uh, yeah. you know, like we are just our this country is just as corrupt as any other. We just, I think, do a better job of convincing the citizens. Um, to be a bunch of sheep and continue on <laughs> daily lives like as if none of that actually happens. Yeah. Um, I think it is naive, but at the same time, I think there is uh, companies that do a good job of protecting their users. <laughs> now, what I mean by that... Now, what I mean by that is... Please explain. I would say if you have a phone or a a Xiaomi-like phone in China, your phone by default is unsecure. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, Apple protects its users, not necessarily from its own sort of, like, data collection, but from government. From government, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right, you're right. There are a lot of tech companies that sort of, like, thankfully act as some sort of, like, gatekeeper to um, privacy, which I appreciate. And there's also this idea, uh, I think if China open sourced their 5G, which I know they won't, 
Um, there's also like a lot of open source technology within the U.S., whereas yeah. China, it's very closed source. Yeah. And so that's another thing. But yeah, I do agree. Like I know some random developers like looking at my text and <laughs> <laughs> some random person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, yeah. <laughs> you probably see me poop more than once. Um, <laughs> I'm on my phone. Like everyone, everyone is on their phone when they poop. Everyone. You yeah. know, you know, it's true. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that we could end another episode talking about poop. By the way, <laughs> this is all a play by Renee. <laughs> That's um, the conspiracy, Renee. Yet again, <laughs> to discuss digestive <laughs> situation. That's great. That's where all we right. should end it. It's been. I'm good. Yeah, I am also good. <laughs> all right. Well, have another safe week inside. Yeah, it's gonna be like this for a while. <laughs> Just have tick marks on your wall or something. Yeah. We should do a prediction episode. No, I hate predictions. <laughs> I was just thinking that. I'm just thinking, like, what are people's obsessions? I do understand why we are so obsessed with predicting the future. We want to predict how the movie is going to turn out. We want to predict how the book is going to end. We want to predict how a night is going to go. We want to predict how this virus is going to play out. We want to predict the market. We want to, like, what is our obsession? What is our obsession? Why can we not (laughs) talk about predictions in the next episode? Because I have so much to say. What what is charcuterie? Man, it's, it's when you go to your hotel room and they got the cheese and the fucking pepperoni sliced on a little wooden board waiting on you. New jewelries, new taste level shit, she be schooling me.